0: So, um,, uh, you are the English professor on the podcast, correct? I try. All right, so so tell me this, shouldn't it be gettings thing done? What? You are listening to Priority, a podcast about choices, limitations, and getting stuff done. Priority is hosted by Katie Leibman and her brother Max Leibman. That's me. Today's episode is entitled, We're Off to a Banner Start. For complete show notes, including links to anything we discuss on the podcast today, visit us online at priority.fm slash 65. (laughs) You are ridiculous.
1: How long have you been sitting on that?
0: (laughs) Uh, Probably since a week before episode one.
1: I do find that sort of delightful in a completely aesthetic and nonsense way. Um, <laughs> things like sisters-in-law, mm-hmm. you
0: know. I, I love I love passers-by jokes, and that's what I always think of them as because that's like the canonical example that that I remember from you know that that was the big gotcha in seventh grade English where it's like no actually it should be passers-by because it's it's their passers they're not buys.
1: Mind yeah, blown. Mind,
0: mind blown, mind blown. Uh-huh. Um, yeah. unless
1: we are trying to pluralize the, the type of phrase, then we could say, you know, we are discussing passerbys, you know, mm-hmm. those types yeah, of Yeah, yeah, that would, yeah, indeed. Oh, that's just weird. <laughs> like
0: goodbyes, goodsby.
1: Mm-hmm.
0: Yeah. <laughs> yes. I hate goodsby.
1: <laughs> there are too many goodsby in the world.
0: Mm, yes. podcast. Mm. Who's pod? (laughs) Uh, Maybe it's P.O.D., that that terrible post-grunge band from around 2000.
1: Oh, is that a thing?
0: Mm Mm-hmm. Huh. Yeah. Hmm. Okay. So, we're off to a better start, as usual.
1: (laughs) Oh, man. Um, So, maybe this will just be funny because of our intended topic. Today, I I was starting a new phase of a big project I'm working on. So I was I was writing the introduction to um, a piece of scholarly work that I need to write, and <laughs> this was so funny to me. I had to stop what I was doing and let a couple of my peers know about this moment because it just felt so epic and silly. Um, but I ended up looking up the phrase "banner start" because I was like, "Wow, you know." <laughs> I'm really kicking it here in this introduction. I'm off to a banner mm-hmm. start. And then I got on a tangent where I was looking at banner start to make sure that really is the phrase. Mm-hmm. And it is. Um,
0: in the spirit and I, of... I, I, you know, I'm going to I'll out myself as being one of those people who says things and doesn't actually know what they mean or where they come from. I've probably said that like 40 times on this podcast. Where does it actually come from?
1: So, you know, it's hard to say that there's one canonical origin story. Um, but the general idea is... Um, the hanging or the winning of banners for a celebration or for some type of competition, as when um, a sports ball team might say that they're hoping for a banner season, for instance. Ah. Because they want to win the the whole season so championship. So it's it's kind banner. of the
0: the start you need in order to have the momentum to have that that kind of season or whatever.
1: Yeah. So so banner, I think in either of those phrases is referencing the celebratory or the successful token. Gotcha. Yeah. Yeah. So glad to All know. Right. Um, yeah. But yeah, so I looked that up. Um, yeah, so in this introduction. Um, I was sort of struggling with how to start this project because I've done a lot of background work, but, but getting f- from the transition of doing all this grunt work to actually crafting this piece of writing, I was struggling with where to start. And so I tried to do this, what seemed like a sensical thing, and I said, okay, so what are the ideas and what are the moments that I can't stop thinking about from all of my groundwork? Like, what are the things that I discovered during my groundwork that have stuck with me? So I made mm-hmm. a short list of those things, and then I picked one and I just started writing about it. And then it slowly became a nice introduction to what the piece, the whole piece is gonna be. But the thing that I started with was um understandably one of the things I couldn't forget. So I am I'm working on this piece about um choice and how, as in this case, teachers of writing structure choices for students. But the interesting tangential thing for my research that I couldn't stop thinking about was a psych study that I might have – maybe I've described it to you at least, Max, or I know you've seen it because it's cited in Sheena Iyengar's The Art of Choosing, Mm -hmm. which we enjoy. Um, But it's the study about the nursing home that in the group of residents that had their experiences framed for them as non-choices, that group compared to a group that – had their experiences framed as choices, as options that they got to make for themselves, the group of non-choosers was much more likely to to have died within six months
0: Mm -hmm. of the study. Right.
1: (laughs) So that's the thing that I was using to launch this big scholarly piece. So I'm writing my way into it. And then eventually it's like, oh my God, this is the introduction. And I've raised the stakes of teaching writing to death. (laughs) that's where the stakes start is
0: death Uh, well you know the way some people treat their writing projects big and small um, it might be comparable to death in their mind
1: Woof. yeah I I felt like I was I was both succeeding and failing um, you know the big scholarly pressures to do something important and relevant and immediate Mm -hmm. and it's like I I don't know how much further you can do than thinking about your students dying
0: as a result of your assignments <laughs> uh I, well without without introducing some kind of belief in an afterlife yeah i think you've you've taken the stakes about as high as you can yeah um you know so i have uh, unless it's like writing your way out of a nuclear bomb where it's a lot of students dying you know a lot of other people dying something um <laughs> out out the robots so they don't take over and mm. eliminate humanity terminator style
1: <laughs> that's very nihilistic like <clears throat> yeah I'm,
0: I'm just going through our greatest hits here
1: oh man yeah <laughs> Like if I'm going um, down, everything's going down with me.
0: That's right. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Um. <laughs> uh. And and as an aside, I can cut this out too. Are you? Uh. Would Would you be comfortable sharing with the listeners what your big project is that you are moving into the next stage of?
1: Sure. So without getting too far into the weeds of of the particularities of my graduate school program in particular, um, mm-hmm. to be redundant, um. I'm working on a portfolio of materials that will allow me to officially begin my dissertation for my doctoral degree. Gotcha. So that'll be Dr. Katie to you, hopefully, <laughs> in the next couple years. <laughs> yeah.
0: So you're you are you're writing your pre-dissertation.
1: Yeah, yeah. It's like mm. it's kind of like a warm up, you know. Mm-hmm. It, yeah. Well,
0: I mean, you should always do some stretches before that's you right. start a dissertation.
1: You don't want to strain yourself when you go into the word mines.
0: I'm pretty sure that's from writing your dissertation in 15 minutes a day. Yeah,
1: yeah, yeah. Dissert- no,
0: dissertations I... are a sprint, not a marathon. Oh my gosh. No, um, a series of sprints.
1: Yeah, yeah. <laughs> so, so that's sort of, yeah, that's sort of the context for this episode and, and my life right now because as we know the show is about me processing my life.
0: Uh, yeah, I think it says that right on the tin. Priority a podcast about Katie, Katie's life and Katie's stuff.
1: <laughs> Figuring out Katie's stuff. Figuring <laughs> Katie's stuff.
0: Yes. Getting's Katie's stuff done.
1: <laughs> getting things done. No,
0: getting getting thing done. Getting thing done.
1: Getting getting as one does. Getting as
0: one's dough done.
1: Oh, that's hard. It's like Pig Latin, <laughs> but stupider. <laughs> <laughs> Woo!
0: No, we're off to a banners start.
1: Banners start. Yeah. So so <clears throat> I've got um some work ahead of me. <laughs> mhm
0: sounds that way. Um yeah. <clears throat> well, I think uh, what we're going to talk about today is kind of a um we've we've sort of talked about starting in a way here. Um but what we're going to talk about today is sort of a, a an extension of the arc we've been on recently. We talked a couple of weeks ago about um, drafts and and you know work that's kind of, of left in, in a state other than what we might consider finished. And we've talked last week about how, or not last week, geez, two weeks ago, still used to the weekly schedule. <laughs> um, our previous episode, we talked about uh, how to manage your works in process, things that you have begun that are not yet finished. Um, and today we're going to talk about how you actually wrap something up, how you actually, as the title of David Alan's book goes get something done. You know, getting getting things done. Um, Although maybe not just from the angle of his book, but you know, other things, things we've tried that worked or didn't work, or you know, stuff like that. Mm -hmm. Yeah. So, Katie, how do you gettings thing done?
1: Uh, You show up. That's important. Mm
0: -hmm. That's a good start.
1: Yeah, 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 yeah. Uh, Yeah. So, when I was thinking about this topic, I know we're we're gonna sound a little repetitive because you know, we're human. Um, but I see a lot about the things that we've talked about before. Um, the big thing when I was thinking about how we, how do we finish things? How do we get them from in process to done? Um, I was thinking a lot about what it means to commit to something, which is something we've talked about before for sure. Mm -hmm. Um, yeah. So, Maybe I'll pitch it back to you. When you think of committing to finishing something, does that change the way you think of things? Because it's easy to, what I was thinking about was it's, it's easy to start things on a whim. It's easy to get excited, to get a bunch of energy, to open something up, to go look something up um, and start something. Um, but it's kind of hard to finish something on a whim.
0: Hmm. <laughs> Yeah, I like that I like that phrase, though, because what that makes me think of when you say finish something on a whim, I mean, I feel like it's hard to finish something that you start on a whim. Um, like if a whim is all you had to begin with and there doesn't turn out to be much there, yeah, it's easy to start, but you're probably not going to come up with anything. But finishing things on a whim is kind of interesting because as I think about it, there's an awful lot of stuff in my life that I have kind of finished on a whim um where Mm -hmm. you know something had been grinding on for months and then one day something just broke um i got mad about it or really into it or there was a pressing deadline you know schedules changed around and suddenly we were going to have a house guest a week earlier or you know whatever um and and just all of a sudden like a dam breaks and and something big just finally happens and comes together and Mm. and gets wiped out and i mean little things too um a lot of the oldest, stalest tasks around the office for me. For instance, last year we talked about um, managing like to do lists and things. And I talked about uh, discovering some really old, like almost year old stuff on my on my lists and and taking care of it kind of consciously. But a lot of the time, that stuff kind of gets finished exactly that way, like on a whim. Mm-hmm. Um, like I just, you know, get a get some wild ass notion about something that I haven't worked on for nine months. And I'm like, I'm just gonna go knock that out or I come across it and I'm like, you know what? I'm just going to do this one right now. Mm-hmm. Cause I, I don't have anything else to do. That's more exciting. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah, yeah. But yeah, I mean, it's, it, it's true though. What you, the, I like what you said about it being easier to start things often, uh, on a whim or not, because I mean, I, I have started so many things <laughs> that are not finished and that aren't going to be finished. Um, and when you say commit, I, I think of a couple different things. One is, um, kind of in the in the big sense i think one way that i i have committed to certain things at certain times is by getting rid of other stuff i mean mm-hmm. that's a that's a fairly obvious one one way you you get something done is you don't get other stuff done <laughs> you know mm-hmm. time energy money um other people all all things are finite um and one way to make sure that one gets done is to to get rid of the others there's a book i have cited many times on this podcast uh called the four disciplines of execution um which i'm i'm fairly partial to as as businessy books go and the first of the the eponymous four disciplines is focus on the wildly important and they say in in that book like for every team inside your organization like there should be one or two goals you know Mm -hmm. and not not the one or two things they do like 80 percent of their time is going to be spent on whatever their day job is you know um, selling or producing or programming or teaching or researching or whatever their job is. That's 80% of their time. But 20% of their time can be spent on, like, whatever your big goals or big projects are. But they should only have one or two of those because otherwise you won't you won't have a very good chance of getting them done. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, so I think that's one big one. The other thing that popped into my head, though, is kind of on a, on a micro scale. Um, and it applies to big things, but it also applies to little things. But I think it just, you know, it's good for anything. And it's one I mentioned last week, which is, uh, to actually co- commit time to things, um, kind of a, uh, life hack, um, <laughs> an old school time management tip that, as I said last time, I've been coming around on in a big way lately is, you know, put something on my calendar. Um, and not like I didn't write on, write my novel all week, so I'm going to like block out an eight hour chunk on Saturday to just mm-hmm. write, 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 because that doesn't work. Um, mm mm-hmm. But, you know, take take two hours and put it in my calendar and outlook so that, that other people can't schedule a meeting for it. Take two hours in the morning on a Thursday to work on on documentation for my team, you know, mm-hmm. and put it there and have a reminder pop up and then actually sit down and do it. Um, yeah. That kind of committing committing at least a chunk of time, I think, is a big thing um, and has been very helpful to me with. And, you know, that I said process documentation, that is a real thing I'm working on right now. Um, And also, one, it's not done yet, but I've finished several sub pieces of it. You know, several individual documents for individual tasks and processes are now done, Mm -hmm. uh, including ones that have been sitting on my on my uh, metaphorical work plate ready to to be finished um, Mm. Mm, for the work plate. (laughs) For basically, I mean, depending on how you measure, either six months or two years. You know, I mean, these are documents that have needed updating pretty much since I've been in my current role. Um, I would say I would be more charitable with myself and say they've been they've been in the state of needing to be done for six months because we had a big software transition six months ago Mm. Uh, and and anything written before then would, of course, now be, you know, null and void. But yeah, I mean, this is stuff that's been around for a long time and, you know, actually dedicating specific time to it in advance on purpose Mm -hmm. um, has been a big part of getting it at least started to get done. (laughs) Yeah, I've doing. got I've got uh, six out of probably twenty two done at this mm-hmm. point.
1: Mm-hmm. Uh, lots of good stuff in there. I'm thinking about you said things being in the state of needing to get done, and it mm-hmm. that that feels like it's somewhere between corporate <laughs> jargon and like transcendental uh-huh. meditation. Like, oh, yeah. we've arrived in the state of blah blah blah. Mm-hmm. So maybe it would be good, Silicon Valley, like they're trying to rip off you know, Eastern traditions. So. What's,
0: what's also kind of hilarious you know, the state of needing to get done is not the same as like needing to get done or, you know, it's, it's a less, it's a much more passive, um, uh-huh. abstract kind of construction. And it's funny to me that I said that now that I'm thinking about it, because I spent, a good chunk of my time this morning before I got to work, um, working on uh, on a resume client um, for my wife's business, and pretty much the only thing I was doing was going through and like taking out like extra verbs and making things more active.
1: <laughs> <laughs> well, your brain needs balance now, right?
0: You know, taking taking um, you know, providing support for customer experience enhancement to the teams that you know I was I was saying like you know support customers <laughs> right. You know, just right. go right to it. Do the, do the verb. Don't support the verb. Do That's the verb. Right. Don't verb manage the, the verb. Do the verb.
1: Yes. <laughs> verb the one you're with to hearken back to an early, Don't, early episode.
0: Yeah. yeah. And there's, there's life hack number two for the show for me. On your resume, never, never enhance or enable or uh, empower or mm-hmm. support or <laughs> ensure. Could. Just ac- yeah do the thing.
1: Yeah. <laughs> Ask yourself. Life hack. Could or could not a character in Richard Scarry's Busy People do that?
0: Mm-hmm. Yes, yes, yeah. The the pig with the uh, with the policeman's hat. You know, he uh, he does not enable public safety.
1: Is it really a pig who's the police officer?
0: I don't know. I just always think of the pigs because of all the jokes Merlin makes about like the pigs, the pig butcher, and the pig that's eating a hot dog. And
1: no, I mean there are. I how funny is that though? Is that inappropriate? Is that <clears throat> is that ping pong? Oh my god! The goddamn. pig. Do they have a pick as the police officer? Oh,
0: I see what you're saying. <laughs> you didn't
1: get it. Like, I did do you that. Think I'm think, asking.
0: I think I did that unconsciously. Oh my gosh. Yeah. No. 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 I don't. I. I mean, there might be. I don't know. I. I think more likely the police officer is probably a dog. Uh, I don't know. I haven't read a Richard Scarry book in a long time. I think we. I think we got one for Owen. Somebody gave it one us. One us. Yeah. Yeah. Somebody gave us one for Owen, but I haven't read that to him yet.
1: Someone um, gives gives us one. Mm-hmm. gives one yes
0: richard's Oops. richard's scary book
1: <laughs> not quite well <laughs> we'll find it we'll find it for show sure. yeah. notes now i really want to know um like the uh is that the red cross who just put out a really ping pong uh visual aid for children about pool safety
0: uh no or i mean maybe i don't know
1: yeah you can cut all this out um, no I have
0: not heard that is what I meant by the no Oh okay um, <laughs> No I have not heard about this I do not know what we're talking oh, about
1: Oh okay um, In this cartoon visual aid All the people of color are doing the wrong things That are getting that are bad And dangerous uh, at pool. Oh. And all the white people are behaving themselves
0: Right <laughs> And it's so a cartoon like, that was made to be So a like the, the black kid is like throwing glass bottles on the ground Next to yes. the pool
1: And running and Yeah snort and coke do you snort coke i don't even know
0: uh no i i drink it
1: you would yeah bottles right
0: uh when i when i can there now that the the bpa is gone it's safer than the cans uh,
1: yeah 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 no i hear you about the the medical metaphorical work plate um so yeah, i'm distinction... glad you remembered what we we're talking about oh yeah i did <laughs> okay, um okay good My teacher attention span. I'm good for an episode. I mean,
0: (laughs) just like class. (laughs) The length of a class, yeah. (laughs)
1: Um, No, I guess, so maybe one clarification that your insight brought up is that, uh, I guess my comment about whims is it's hard to finish a project on a whim. It's easy to wrap up a task on a whim. (laughs) Mm. I guess that's what I'm thinking about. Mm-hmm. I could not yeah. put off my dissertation, and then with a week left, create something uh, on a yes. whim. Yes, yes, yeah. yeah.
0: No, I, 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 see what you're saying there. I, I mean, and my, my counter to that would be, and, and you know, the examples in my own life I can think of, like it is definitely possible if you are near the end to finish it on a whim. But yes, you could yeah. not, you could not flake off all semester and then pull it in. Or right. I mean, in, your, in the case of a dissertation, it wouldn't be a semester; it'd be years, probably. Yeah. Yeah. Um, I'm Mm -hmm. sure people try, but Um, yeah, Stephen, Stephen Covey has a, has a, has a metaphor that he talks about um, about like paying the price for things um, that I think is apt here where he talks about cramming, you know, since you're, you're talking about dissertation, I think this is apt. So he asks audiences, did you ever cram in school? And you know, Mm -hmm. a lot of hands tend to go up and he says, how many of you grew up on or, or ever, you know, helped family out on, on a farm and you know, fewer hands go up there's still some hands go up and the question he then asks is how many of you crammed on the farm <laughs> you know forget the plant in the spring flake off all summer don't water don't worry about pests and then like hit it really hard in august to bring in the harvest mm. and and you know it's it's a it's a his point there is is um is one that I think he over applies which is that there is such a thing in the world as, as natural laws and natural systems and there's things you can't cheat you know things you can't fake your way through. But I think it's a pretty apt metaphor. Like there are things like what you're saying, you know, your, your, um, your dissertation, if you are really close to the end, you could wrap up on, of, through a really crazy weekend if you feel like it, or like your deadline changes because something happens in your life. And you, you know, the month that you had turns into a week, um, you know, maybe then you could, but you couldn't wait three years and then do it in a weekend.
1: Mm-hmm.
0: You know, there's just certain physical laws that are going to stop that from happening. Right. Um, depending on your dissertation, you might not even be able to type that fast to do it in a week.
1: Yeah, a couple hundred pages of work there.
0: (laughs) All work and no play makes Katie a dull boy.
1: Uh, Or something. Mm
0: -hmm. Yeah,
1: it's like uh, Aesop's fable, right? The grasshopper, the ant, the college rider, and the farmer.
0: Mm Mm-hmm. Yes, yes. The ant said, uh, grasshopper, will you give me a ride across the stream? I'll Uh ride on your head. And the farmer said, wait...
1: It's something like that. Yeah. I mean, I'm not a literature person, so.
0: Yeah. Um, I uh, I I had in back in our episode about being early though to the to the point about like finishing on a whim. Like I had my story about the the crazy all nighter where like I finished the the term paper way early. But I mean, I think that's that's another example where you know most of the worky work um, was doable in a short amount of time. It was kind of closer to a task to your point. It was kind of laid out like a project. It was more of a project than any other writing project I'd done to that point. Um, but it was also it was also something that could be done in a sitting. Mm-hmm. It was not a dissertation. It was not a published journal article. You know, a, a peer reviewed study kind of thing. Mm-hmm. Um, for sure. Um, yeah. It was it was not a new application for managing the the data generated by particle accelerator experiments.
1: Ooh. Wow, did you just totally pull that out?
0: Mm-hmm. Yeah, I, you know, it wasn't that hard. As you know, I am a particle physicist.
1: That's something. Mm. I don't know what it is you do, so for all I know, <laughs> <laughs> it's like our bios, and Max yeah. does something. <laughs> <laughs>
0: We're not entirely sure what Max does. Oh, something yeah. in an office.
1: Yeah. <clears throat> yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah, so that's sort of what brought me to this idea of, you know, asking yourself and, and myself and, and all of ourselves, ourself, um <laughs> what does it mean? I like mean? that that's
0: become the meme for this episode.
1: <laughs> Very much so. Did you notice you did it earlier with works in progress?
0: <laughs> I did not.
1: No, it's I think it's just like in your brain. Yeah. Although
0: I think I think that one's correct. I don't think it would be, you know, works in progresses.
1: Oh no, no, I agree. I just works is in
0: progresses.
1: <laughs> now that we've got the formula just sort of floating in our brains, I think our our brains want to fill it in. Yeah.
0: You know, um, when I said works is in progresses, I, I thought of hobbitses and then now I'm thinking of all these phrases in Gollum's voice.
1: Oh god. This is I I don't know how to tie that back. Sorry that went too far.
0: All right. Well, let's just let's just uh, ignore it and move on.
1: <laughs> so, yeah. So so all of this has as me thinking about um, w- asking ourself um <laughs> what <laughs> sorry i have to i just love that and i'm picturing it's ourself it looks pretty on the page um yeah the page in my mind of course
0: yeah naturally
1: i didn't write it down This is a mm-hmm. literary thing um what does it mean to commit for us right so for everyone research has shown um scheduling things and making commitments um Telling people who will actually hold you accountable about your your goals and your projects, right? These mm-hmm. are all things that right we know will work. But some of this too means thinking: What does committing mean for me? You know, does it? Um, you know, in my case, with this this daunting project in front of me, made of many, many, many tasks over many months. Um, you know, what does that mean for? the landscape of my focus, right? What should I be doing right now? What can't I do right now if I want to do this? Et cetera, et cetera.
0: Mm-hmm. I, think, I think you should be writing and you should not be not writing.
1: Correct. <laughs> <laughs> but, you know... In some I, have, of this... I
0: have solved productivity. <laughs>
1: <laughs> Nailed it. Yeah, yeah. And some of this, you know, there, there are lots of good reasons for me not to be writing, you know, mm-hmm. that are in my control and not so much in my control, things that will be more pressing um, across the months to come. But I think this is why it's important to proactively think about this stuff. So what happens when you suddenly are drained of a resource, whether that's time, attention, energy, um, a more material resource,
0: um, Mm -hmm. whatever,
1: you know. So I've been thinking a lot about, um, you know, having – as David Allen would say, and everyone else would say, having your systems in place, knowing what does work, what are the variables, what are the different things that you can try, um, and being able to implement them when things do get mm-hmm. either work gets more pressure, or you lose resources, or whatever.
0: Right. Yeah. Um, yeah, and that's a that's a good one. We've we've talked about in various ways before. Uh, I don't know if using this term, but the term that popped in my head when you you talk about having your systems in place is infrastructure. Mm -hmm. You know, do you really have the infrastructure you need? Do you have a place to write? Is that a place (laughs) where you tend to write or is that a place where you tend to, you know, up until now you've tended to screw around or sleep there? Um, You know, it's that that old thing that, that... uh, uh, you know, uh, people giving students who are giving other potential students tours on college campuses will say like, you know, don't, don't study in your dorm room. It's, it's where you sleep. It'll be too tempting to do other things. Um, you know, things like that. Like, do you have a place that is for this thing and that you will actually do that and only that there? Do you have the tools you need? Do you have people around you who are going to help you with that? Um, you mm-hmm. know, to put it in a different realm, um, uh, infrastructure for say you know health and fitness and, and even weight loss like what is in your pantry right now do you have <laughs> healthy snacks you are actually willing to eat have you gotten rid of or made it harder to get the unhealthy snacks do you have equipment and time in your schedule for exercise mm-hmm. um, do you have you know, going back to what you said a moment ago go, do you have somebody to hold you accountable for all, any of that um fitness pals if you will
1: <laughs> your fitness pals
0: Hmm. my fitness's pal
1: yay oh my
0: gosh <laughs> yeah but but yeah, I think that's a big one is is systems infrastructure um you know if if uh when i when we first recorded this, I hadn't actually i think if, if I'm remembering this right, the first time we recorded an episode, I hadn't downloaded audacity yet mm-hmm. um I think I had settled on that as probably the way I would edit the podcast, but I hadn't even put it in place mmm Which might be part of the reason why we recorded twice before we ever put one out. (laughs) Um, You know, once I had that in place, and now I've got you know now recording an episode is not that big of a deal because I already I have a folder structure, I have scripts written that set certain things up for me. You know, automatically create templates for this and that. Um, I I have a template project I use. You know, it's all kind of in place. It has somewhere to go. You know, I, I have a workflow. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, so getting an episode of this podcast is very easy to do because I have that system, mm-hmm. um, you know, and, and when a weeks where a podcast is due, um, I have one item on my list, which is published podcast, <laughs> um, you know, because everything else sort of follows checklists and templates. Mm-hmm. Um, so yeah. that gets done pretty easily. And that, that, that doesn't go for every project there, are, there are one-offs or giant unique things that you're only going to do once, but you know. It's Mm -hmm. an example of infrastructure as checklists. And certainly, I think even something like, you know, in your case, your portfolio and your dissertation, like, you probably won't have a checklist the way you might have a checklist to pack for a trip but or or to prep an airplane to fly or something. But um, certainly, I'm sure there are plenty of people who are willing to offer you resources of checklists of the things you need to be thinking about and doing and including, Mm -hmm. you know, in order to to pass muster.
1: Mm Mm-hmm. And that's, I think that distinction is important, what you're talking about there, because some things will have clearer protocols or, or um, you know, at least linear phases, but mm-hmm. especially in knowledge work, um, you may have really nonlinear and, and recursive and circular and, uh, you know, uh, halting projects, you know.
0: Mm-hmm. Yeah. Well, and a lot of that stuff, doing the work teaches you what the work is.
1: Yeah, absolutely. No, that, that nails it with, with some of these big writing projects, especially. Um, so in those cases, it's, it's almost easy to, to give to the stress of that. You know, I, I mentioned whether or not it gets cut out, um, (laughs) starting a big project and not really knowing where to start partly because I know it's going to be a little loosey goosey getting to the end. I don't, I'm Mm -hmm. not sure what the end's going to be till I get there. Mm -hmm. Um, in the, in the best, most productive of ways. Um, yeah. But that almost makes it more important to have, to figure out what the infrastructure for that process is and make sure I'm controlling what I can control. What, mm-hmm. you know, one thing I was thinking about as you were talking was um, you need to know what you can about yourself so that when your situation changes or, or the, the, the work starts and, and it changes or it changes you. Um, you can figure out how to respond and keep moving. Cause I think that's the big thing about committing to 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 finishing something to seeing it through is um, you know, doing what you I don't know how it's gonna finish that. Where was I going? What is the big <laughs> uh, thing? Control
0: what you can control, be yeah. open to and part of it, I mean you talked in there in the middle there about how things change you. I mean, it sounds like part of what you're talking about is being open to opportunities along the way. Mm-hmm um like you know maybe maybe even one way to put it would be uh, one way to get stuff done is to be open to finishing something different than what you started
1: mm thank you that sentence changed me i didn't even know where i was going <laughs> literally did not know <laughs>
0: yeah yeah um on that note that raises a question in my mind for you do you have any particular infrastructure you know in place or in mind for this project mm. that well, you'd be willing to talk about
1: sure sure so i know uh, been... it
0: No is a valid answer if you don't but <laughs> if you do i'd love to hear about
1: it <laughs> no max katie sobs quietly into the microphone
0: <laughs> be like be like when you're moving and asked so how do you know what to do next
1: <laughs> like i don't <laughs> literally anything. Cause it's all in my way. <laughs> oh my God. Um, no fair question. And that's, you know, sort of what I think in, inspired me and, and got you on board for this topic too is, um, yeah, this is, this is it, this figuring out how to do stuff. Um, so I, I have the benefit right now that I'm in a graduate course where all of us in this class, um, are basically trying to tackle a big project in the span of five weeks of this class. Mm -hmm. It's a three credit hour standard course. Um, so we're spending lots of time, um, in the same room, but all doing our own, our own projects. Um, right. The title of the course is advanced writing projects. Absolutely vague, absolutely on purpose. Um, (laughs) but a lot of us are working on major official documents or products that are important in our, um, masters or, or doctoral degrees, Um, Mm -hmm. so giant writing projects, Um, but in there um, we're both because the structure of the course, we're we're spending a lot of time just doing the work, Um, but our instructor is also doing a really nice job of making us document and track, you know, we've talked a lot about tracking, um, about doing some of that meta work to think about, okay, in this four-hour chunk, what do I think I can get done? And then what have I actually gotten done? How did it feel? What were the conditions? You know, was I working in public? Was I on my couch? What was I doing? Um, so really getting to know, um, basically, I was going to say getting to know yourself, but really it's more like, what are the myths I tell myself about myself?
0: <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Um,
1: and what can I actually do, you know?
0: Yeah.
1: Um so this is sort of helping me think about, um, one, probably the big thing is it's showing me how much I can get done when I actually do commit the time, which sounds silly. Cause we, we talk about this like crazy and I've practiced some of this stuff before. Um, but especially when you have a little flexibility, if you, if you, <laughs> here's the word again, if you commit to this chunk of time, I'm going to do these things and you you do it. One, it feels amazing. Like it is it is much easier to work for longer stretches, work on the same type of work more days in a row, when you just tell yourself realistically, okay, I figured out in this chunk of time I can do X, and then you do X. Oh, that sounds really bad. Don't do X kids. <laughs> Stay in school. Stay in
0: school kids.
1: Oh my God. Just like your Aunt Katie here. <laughs> um, literally, I don't know how to leave.
0: No, no, um, I think we established in that episode, you should be doing ephedrine, not X.
1: Oh, that's right. Yeah.
0: Yeah.
1: Um, I mean, we're not unrealistic. I mean, come on.
0: <laughs> come on, kids. Trucker speed, not ecstasy.
1: Keep it classy. <laughs> oh my God. Orve. yeah. Um, uh, yeah. 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 So, so I guess for me, it's, um... It's realizing, so both the power of, you know, you put it on the schedule, it's real. It's like the the phrase I kept thinking of was, pics or it didn't happen, right? You have mm-hmm. to show people pictures of right. an awesome trip, you know, just as a sort of social media um, etiquette, I guess, right? Mm-hmm. You can't talk about something without posting a fun picture or something. Um, but for me, it really now is schedule or it won't happen. Right. So it's not pics or it didn't happen, but schedule yeah. or it won't happen.
0: I mean, that's an idea I think that predates the Pixar it doesn't happen culture, which is that, you know, if it's if it's not on my calendar, it doesn't exist. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, I've heard many people say that um, it's somewhat true for me. It's less true for me. That's one thing I find is a lot of these a lot of these statements like if it's not on my calendar, it doesn't exist, tend to go out the window when you're in a close relationship with somebody else, because if <laughs> it's on their calendar, it's still probably happening. Um <laughs> and that's that's fine that's all good um, i actually count on some of that cuz there's just some stuff i'm not going to keep track of um but uh yeah yeah it's um there's something you talked about in there in addition to like the the picks or it didn't happen from your class that i like a lot which is this notion of what you expected to get done versus what you actually got done um and and getting to know kind of your your own cadence like how much you how much you can realistically expect to get done in a certain amount of time and that um, brings up a, a couple of project management ideas that I, I'd, I'd recently encountered or reencountered and was thinking about in prep for this episode. Um, one is from a project management discipline called scrum which is not a name that I love um, comes from from like rugby um, which is not why I don't love it although that doesn't help it um, I just think it's a stupid ugly word personally <laughs> uh, like it should be the name of a troll <laughs> that's right um, but anyhow it's it's a it's a, it's a Sort of a looser project management idea, like instead of planning out writing this piece of code or inventing this new thing as though we're building a bridge, you know, a well-understood engineering problem with steps that have to happen in a certain order, how about we define the scope of what we want to do and then start breaking it down to chunks and then see how much we can get done each week and plan around that? Mm-hmm. And, and the whole thing is built around this idea of, of what they call the stand up, which is a meeting usually held every morning where everybody kind of goes over like what each person is working on, what they said they would do yesterday, whether or not they got it done and what they plan to do today. Um, and that's about it. Um, same book I mentioned earlier, Four Disciplines of Execution. The fourth discipline is a very similar idea. Um, it's called Create a Cadence of Accountability. And it's the, the, the central actor in that is, is a meeting where you do exactly that. Again, same thing. Like, What did you say you were going to do last week? Did you do it? What are you going to do this week? Um, and you know, where are we on our project or on our scoreboard or you know, however you're tracking stuff? Um, so i mean that's a that is a really well well established well understood well researched idea and i I would recommend to people to try it out the other The other thing in there that I like though is that you know you talked about like what works like learning you know what kind of environment or or setup or time works for you, and how much you can get done. Um, There's something in in agile project management that – a phrase I've heard called yesterday's weather, um, which is the the idea that if it was 72 degrees yesterday and 72 degrees the day before that and 72 degrees the day before that, it's probably not going to be 140 degrees tomorrow (laughs) or negative 40 degrees tomorrow, you know. You're you're probably gonna gonna be within a certain range, um, and if you're paying attention to that, you know you've got a class where you're talking about it. But you know, you as as you know, a random individual out in the world, if you're keeping a journal of what you do each day, um, if your work is is somehow is digital and somehow self logs, like how much changed or how much you did each day, um, you know, if you've got some way of looking at what you've done over the last few days or weeks. Um, and, and any way to compare that to what the conditions were, you're going to have a very good idea of what you're going to be able to do going forward. Mm-hmm. Um, uh, yeah.
1: No, I'm yeah. glad you brought that up. And that is a lot of the, the structure of the course. Even our small writing groups, the main function is that sort of check-in, the scrum, if you will, mm-hmm. which, which you said you won't, so I
0: won't yeah, make I'd, you. I'd prefer not to.
1: That's, that's fine. Uh, your preference. Um, yeah, the other important thing that I'm realizing um, that I'm going to be using throughout this project and and hopefully beyond. Um, So this version of of logging my work and figuring out um, what I'm getting done and what it takes is also making me realize how much energy and fear and whatever else um, I've wasted on feeling bad about what I haven't done.
0: Mm. I
1: don't think I and we've talked about tracking I've done it um, mm-hmm. but not about sort of breaking down literally what are the tasks that I did the past two days what tasks not like projects like oh I'm going to write on the project today mm-hmm. that's not a task that's a very ill-defined
0: project right? or, or a
1: series of tasks
0: I mean yeah at, at best it's a process Yeah, it's, it's not it is neither a task nor a deliverable
1: Richard Scarry's little, little pigs and dogs could not do it. No, Um, no. It's not a thing. So setting myself up for that sort of, you know, mini disaster, I guess. I was going to say setting myself up for disaster. Um, Setting myself up to feel bad when I, I feel like I haven't written on the project or whatever. Mm -hmm. I just, I never realized how much that held me back, I guess. Um, or at the very least, just put me in a really bad mood about work that should be more enjoyable. Mm-hmm. Um, so that's been really helpful. So I'll, we've, we've done it many times, but I'll put in another plug for, for tracking and logging your work. And I mean like saying, in these three hours, I did this task, right? Mm-hmm. And figuring yes. out that's just how long it took on this day. Yeah, um, Then Absolutely. you have some, some data to go forward. And then on a future day, if you tell yourself, I'm going to do six of these in two hours, and you can't do it. Mm-hmm. Then you'll know it was just unrealistic. There's nothing to to beat yourself up for or to feel like you're behind. Now you know if you if you worked diligently, and that's not what it took, then that's just a new piece of information you have to deal with.
0: Yeah, absolutely. Um, um, and and I think um, uh, you're reminding me. We talked about. Um, Uh, The Laura Vanderkam piece, The Busy People's Lies, and a little bit about her books um, a few weeks ago, and... Uh, she's a big advocate of time tracking, which is which is another one of these classic time management strategies that I've I've always kind of eschewed. Not and in that case, not because I thought it was bad, just because I was bad at it. <laughs> um, so I haven't done a lot of it. I've had had you know mixed to no success actually getting a, a decent log of any chunk of time. But I'm kind of coming around on it. Um, her work, I've revisited a couple books by Julie Morgenstern recently. Um, I'm I'm starting to think more about time logging as something I might wanna I might wanna look at. You know, at least as an, on an experimental basis mm-hmm. um, and kind of for the same reason, because that's something that, that Laura Vanderkam talks about a lot. Um, not only do you learn useful things like, you know, when you might be at your most productive, when, you're, when your peak times are, you know, um, but you also learn things like how much you are actually doing. And you might be pleasantly surprised. Um, in, in a lot of her pieces and in her books, she she reveals that people work less than they think they do when they think they're way overworked. People spend more time with their children than they think they do. Um, and part of that might be like a Hawthorne effect thing. You know, I, I think I, I uh, mentioned that then. It may be the fact that you're studying it makes you make better choices. but. Um, I think if you, if you feel like you didn't get very much done cause you didn't hit whatever milestone is in your head, you didn't, you didn't accomplish a task or a deliverable of writing, but you look back over the week and you see that you logged nine hours of writing over the course of the week and you know, you were actually butt in seat, hands on keyboard, making letters that whole time. Um, I think that's going to feel a lot better than just looking back on the week and realizing you didn't hit your deliverable, mm-hmm. you know? Oh, oh, I I didn't finish the method section I'm such a failure and then you realize well actually you know I wrote for 12 hours and it wasn't all on the method section but it's all good stuff mm-hmm. yeah that's, that's good to know
1: yeah I think it's gonna it's gonna, like I've never disliked my work you know I've, I've come a long way in my education to not like what I do so I I, <laughs> I don't want to say that it's not just because I'm afraid of becoming a drug addict if I don't stay in school mm-hmm. um, it's not all that kids um, but there's been a lot of sort of pain along the way that I don't think I realized I was sort of making for myself. Mm-hmm. Like I didn't, <laughs> it sounds cheesy. I didn't realize it could be another way. Wow. <laughs>
0: <laughs> yeah. 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 Well, and I mean, yeah, and it's, it's easy. It's easy to be very glib about, but you know, beating oneself up is never a great strategy for, for getting stuff done. And that's um. psychology. <laughs> yeah. I, you know, the it, even if it works in the moment, even if you're like, oh, gosh, I'm such a failure. I need to get up and get to work on this. Uh, that might work one morning. But that kind of conflict, even if with even if it's with yourself, unless you really enjoy conflict of that sort, you know, if you like abuse, if you like being belittled, that might work. Otherwise, though, all you're doing is you are turning work into a conflict, mm-hmm. even more than it already is. You are making it a struggle. Um, you know, uh, if you if you are telling yourself you've got to beat yourself up to do it, and you're you're weak or stupid or bad or wrong if you don't do it. You know, if you're having bad feelings about it, um, I think you're, you're really just making it worse. You're inserting resistance where there doesn't need to be any. You know, there's already enough resistance. It's already going to be hard. You know, mm-hmm. anything worthwhile is going to have something hard about it. Um, but on top of that, you're telling yourself a story about how hard it is.
1: Mm-hmm.
0: You know, and that's not useful.
1: Mm-hmm. Or a story of what your failure means.
0: Right. Oh, that's you know? good. And you haven't yes.
1: even failed yet, you know. I mean, right. There could still be plenty of chances, but you mm-hmm. that that feeling of not having it done might be making you feel like you've already failed or like the failure is inevitable because X, Y, Z.
0: Yeah. And, and, you know, you ultimately might not get it done and that might be OK. Um, mm-hmm. It's the fact that you haven't gotten it done yet, that you didn't do it in this snippet of time is not a reason not to do it tomorrow um there's a (laughs) i actually i i don't recommend these people's work but i will link to it in show notes because i'm talking about them um there is um oh what are their names uh a a couple a married couple who have a series of books and audio programs about a supposed spiritual being named abraham that teaches about the law of attraction
1: oh Um, are you talking about the is that the secret
0: no, no. Um, although in the original movie version of the secret, um, this the the gal who supposedly channels Abraham was a, factored big in that movie. Although they later edited her out because she wouldn't sign over her intellectual property. Um, I love
1: how much you know about this and how much you
0: dislike it. <laughs> This was I used to I used to literally work in this industry. Right, but I feel like and that's in fact, like, in fact, I literally worked in this industry when the secret came out. So this is this is you know this so is this sorry. was my professional world.
1: <laughs> I never thought of it that way. I'm really uh, sorry that that. Oh, that. N-
0: no, that's okay. I mean it's it's a valid it's a valid little jab, and it was pretty funny. But yeah, that's that's why I know so much about this.
1: I feel like that that we're we've probably already said it, but that should be Max's second law. You know a lot about the things you don't like.
0: Uh, I really do. Um, <laughs> how do I know I don't like it if I haven't tried it?
1: Oh, that's so fair. Um, Look at you it. know,
0: it's much more fair than what I said in the Curiosity episode. <laughs> um, <laughs> yeah, this isn't for me. Meh. Nah. Um, anyhow, uh, Abraham. <laughs> um, Jerry and Esther Hicks, that's their name. I found it. Mm-hmm. So Esther Hicks has this thing, this thing she says, or Abraham says, I don't know, somebody says it, about unmade beds. Um, which, uh, despite what I think of the law of attraction, I think this is actually pretty profound. If you decide you're going to be the kind of, you're going to be a tidy person going forward. And like the, the symbol for that, the way you're going to start your day every day is you're going to start making your bed. All you have to do is make your bed tomorrow morning and you're doing it. You don't have to go back and make all of the unmade beds in your past. (laughs) Hmm. You know, they don't follow you around. And similarly, I've said before, like, if you want to be a writer, if tomorrow morning you get up and you put your hands on the keyboard, you write 300 words, you're a writer. You might not be a published writer. You might not be a good writer. You're not a novelist yet, but you're writing. You are therefore a writer mm-hmm. and just keep going. Um, in the same way, like, you can do that tomorrow. You could do that right now. Well, you, you, you shouldn't. We'll hear, we'll hear the typing noises. But one, one could start writing at any moment. And then continue on and be a writer. You don't have to go back and fix all those days where you didn't write. You Mm. know, your bad feelings about not having written for the last week do not have anything to do with whether or not if you start writing now, you're going to succeed. Mm. Um, You might not make a deadline. (laughs) I can see also Katie earlier (laughs) saying you can't finish your dissertation the last weekend before it's due um, if you haven't been working the whole time. But uh, you don't, you you know, if if we're just talking about like one, starting a project or starting a lifestyle or starting a hobby or whatever, you don't have to go back and undo all the times you didn't do it in order to do it. Mm. And thinking about what it, you know, what you said, what it means about you that you didn't write. Well, it doesn't mean anything if you write tomorrow. yes.
1: Yes. No, I I appreciate that a lot. I think that's really good, um, and it captures that that awful feeling really well. Mm-hmm. Um, sort of the uselessness of it. It's not a productive feeling. No, you no. can't you can't have written today in today's shot. It's over, right? Mm-hmm. Um, right. But tomorrow you can. Tomorrow yeah. you can try. Absolutely. Um, yeah. So maybe that gets at sort of the difference between, um, or maybe bridges what I was thinking about. Yeah, you can start on a whim. You can, you can pick back up a habit any day, right? Mm-hmm. You can get back into it. You can start something new, whatever. Um, but then something we, we, we were talking about, the opposite of it, so maybe I'll bring it back. But um, finding your joy and, and remembering why you started it along the way, I think, is part of finishing too, um, mm-hmm. even if that changes across the time as yeah. well. You know, so thinking about, um, we can use my degree as an example, um, because I think it's fair, you know, some days when I'm doing this work, I'm doing the work because the thing I'm working on today is super interesting, or I care about it a lot, and I think it's going to change me as a teacher, and that's going to be good for for society around me, Um, and other days I'm working on it because I want this thing done, and I want to to get to the next thing, you know? Mm -hmm. Or, yeah. um, I want to know what this piece of paper holds for me in a material way. You know, I want to know what can I do with this when, when this symbolic thing is done, you know, and yeah. that, I think it's okay that that changes as I go. Mm-hmm.
0: For sure. Um, I, I also just want to throw out there that, uh, that is also something Jerry and Esther Hicks and the law of attraction people talk about a lot is following your joy.
1: Um, no, don't do that to me. That's
0: rude. <laughs> But you know, you know what they say about broken
1: clocks—broken loonies. <laughs> <laughs> you
0: know what they say about broken clocks—they make an ass out of you. And wait, let me start over. Um, mm-hmm. pretty right. There is, uh yeah, there's something in there that that um earlier you when you first started talking about whims, and then you talked about your way into this writing this big introduction was. Um, thinking about like, what about this is, is a topic is an idea that I haven't been able to stop thinking about. And, and, you know, I, I think that's a lot of it, not only what you should be starting, but how you can finish things too, is to kind of follow your nose. Um, we talked about looking, you know, being, being open to opportunities, you know, along the way in the middle of the project, in the middle of the paper, in the middle of the job, Um, if you find yourself kind of stuck, I think one good question to ask is like, well, what part of this am I, would I not be stuck on, Mm -hmm. you know, and Mm -hmm. can I make it more about that? And the answer is usually going to be yes. Um, it's pretty early in everybody's academic career when papers stop being in a form where every sentence has to be about one specific thing and accomplish one specific thing in one specific way. Um, you know, you, you break out of that relatively early, um, and and get to a point where you know you even with a prescribed topic you have a lot of latitude about how you go about it,
1: mm-hmm.
0: um, and certainly out in the world, you know if you're doing any creative project with yourself that's true. Um, if you're doing something for your job though, I mean there are there are elements of. Um, So I've brought up this example on multiple episodes, including this one. So I'll bring it up again. (laughs) Writing procedure documentation for my job, which is a boring businessy job. You know, I work in a tall glass building where we make numbers, as I've said many times. Um, There's nothing particularly interesting about any of the procedures I'm documenting. I know how to do all of them. Um... As I, as I t- was tweeting back and forth with somebody the other day, um, you know, one of the hardest things for me as an introvert to do professionally is train people on things I'm not very interested in. Mm. Um, and I'm, I've had to do a lot of that recently, and part of that is writing this documentation. You know, this process is fine. I am interested in the subject matter that this process affects. I'm not really interested in the process itself, and I certainly am not interested in telling people about the process. Um, but there are aspects of it that I, I am interested in and that this project, you know, one of the ways that I got myself to do it, I wasn't thinking about it in this term, in these terms. But right before I really dug into it, I did a bunch of reading up on technical writing and effective screenshots and how to write prose describing uh, steps to accomplish things in in software. Because Mm. I was thinking about, um, I I took a class this past spring in uh, Microsoft Access, which has proven to be hugely useful, but it also got me really interested in the textbook because the textbook is a... You know, nationally used best-selling book on Microsoft Access that was actually written by the professor here in Kansas. Hmm. Um, and it's it's a book in a series of like how-to books for various Microsoft products that I have I've I've seen before, I've read before. You know, a different I got a different one for Excel several years ago from Barnes and Noble. You know, and it kind of got me interested in. I I realized there is something else that I use. I'm not going to say what because I don't want somebody to go do this. But there's another thing I use that there is no book like that for right now. And I was kind of thinking in the back of my mind, like, wouldn't it be interesting to just go bang one of these out and, you know, put it out on, you know, Amazon has like both, both Kindle and, and uh, actual physical self-publishing tools now, you know, just, just put out a how-to guide, you know, similar in scope to this one we did in this class for this one thing that I really, I've really been enjoying using. Mm -hmm. Um, And it was, (laughs) I didn't think about it at the time, but it was about 10 days after I did all that. That research and that reading and that that pondering that I started diving into this this documentation project, which <laughs> is <laughs> taking screenshots, describing how to use software, walking people through the steps. It's it's really a technical writing kind of exercise, mm-hmm. um, you know. And I'm still not very interested in what I'm writing about, but I've I've made myself interested in the craft of it. You know, and I've always I've always been someone who, who eventually, as I said before, I always eventually rewrite the procedures everywhere I've been. Um, eventually I find I cannot stand whatever we are using for for documentation uh-huh. um, but I've, it's never it's always been a chore. it's always been something I resort to or am forced to do. Um, it's never something that I've been like, woo, but this time I finally got around to it, you know on, on, of my own volition because I got interested in the craft. And it got me thinking about like, you know, what can I learn from this to write the one that I might want to write, which I don't know that I'm going to do. But, you know, Mm -hmm. again, follow my nose.
1: Yeah. And I would argue, too, I think your experience of the stuff that you, quote, have to do is going to be improved by this pretty conscious choice you've made Mm -hmm. to find your way into it.
0: Right. Well, it's like the thing—the the, the thing—the study you cited earlier, like the the people in the nursing home who had a, even a very simple choice. You know, if they got to choose whether to play checkers or chess, that was better than going being wheeled into the room to play bingo mm-hmm. and not having a choice.
1: Hmm. Yeah. So, but I think even in this situation where, um, you know, anyone looking at the situation could say, well, if you have to do it for work, it doesn't matter whether you like it because you don't have a choice. Mm-hmm. But So I guess the difference isn't choosing whether or not to do it. It's choosing, for lack of a better phrase, to make it your own. You know, what Mm -hmm.
0: is... Oh, that's good.
1: What is the way it's Max Leibman... It's interesting to Max Leibman, you know. right?
0: Well, and and, um, there's a... Uh, in a David Allen recording of, of his his old, old, old Getting Things Done seminar back when it was really good. Um, it might still be really good, but I've heard multiple people say this was like the good one. Um, but there's a recording out there called Getting Things Done Fast, um, which is a silly name. Uh, I blame the Nightingale Conant Co- Corporation for that one because they're the ones who published it. Um, but it's a great recording, um, out of print, but I'll link to it in show notes and, and just FYI for anybody familiar with the internet, you can find this places, hint, hint. Um, and in it, he talks about, um, envisioning project success. Like the, the first thing to do on a project is to envision wild success on it. Um, which sounds a little airy fairy and and silly, but you know. I don't think it's a bad way to start. But one thing he says about it is, is, you know, if you get a really clear, detailed picture of what you want to do in your project and it is as good as you can imagine it being and in as much detail as you can imagine it, you will probably, if you capture any of those details, you will probably start to recognize you have put your own stamp on it. Like it's not going to be the way that it was described to you by your boss or your spouse or whoever asked for it initially. Um, You know, there will be something that is yours. And, and I think if you, if you can amplify that, you're increasing your odds of actually doing it. Mm-hmm. Um, both because it'll be stuff you like, you know, making it your own, but also because, uh, again, I think the choice thing is huge, you know. If you are making any decisions about it, yeah, I, I don't know, that, that feels easier to me if I've made any choice about whether or not I'm going to do this.
1: Mm-hmm. Um, or you said something earlier, too, about um, about finding the thing in it. Like, finding a, what were you saying about finding a specific part of something? Oh, heavens.
0: Uh, I was talking about following your nose, yeah. about finding the bit that you like. Um, uh,
1: mm. Let's go with ditto. Um, <laughs> <laughs> this is either going to be, um, we're going to expect the reader, or the readers, we're going to expect the listeners to be very generous, or you're going to have a lot of editing. Yeah, one or Ma- the other. Maybe both. Um. Yeah, so the one sort of fun thing I'll tie in um that I was thinking about again because of this class. We the instructor offered us some um, some readings that are from books like the one you mentioned earlier, um How to Write Your Dissertation in 15 Minutes, um and various other um either business or academic oriented um you know the sort of things we talk about all the time, goal mm-hmm. setting, scheduling. Um Right. Uh text. The secret. No. <laughs> None of the I've already forgotten their names. That's how little that matters.
0: Jerry and Esther Hicks.
1: Jerry and Esther Hicks. Man, it sounds like they should just be running a farm somewhere.
0: Mm, they kind of are.
1: Right? Ooh, yeah. Where they make a lot of Kool-Aid, right?
0: <laughs> um
1: <laughs> too much? <laughs> yeah.
0: I think it's a little early for Jim Jones jokes. Uh,
1: I'll walk it back. Um, but one of the things that came up in, uh, this one book, I cannot pronounce this person's name, um, but the book is called The Clockwork Muse, A Practical Guide to Writing Theses, um, mm. which is also funny because, because the word theses is funny. So then it's mm-hmm. like, and not writing theses, Sa- sounds like feces. Sounds like feces. You betcha. Um, academics, we know how to have fun. Um, poop Oh, jokes, do, course. do you? no it's poop jokes all the way down (laughs) um so this author yeah i'm not even going to try but we'll link in show notes um he opens one of these sections talking about um so side note this author has um a tangential interest in the history of scheduling and calendars he's he's written another book
0: i like him already
1: but the way he brings it up in this book Makes it sound like he's totally making it up because out of nowhere he suggests that 15th century monks invented the idea of a schedule. Mm-hmm. And I like I understood what he was saying, but he basically said they invented schedules and it just sounded so ridiculous and out of nowhere. I was like, okay, that sounds like something you found on the internet and thought would fit as an intro. <laughs> Um, but then I, I, we were looking at this author later and, and found out, no, he's actually written an extensive history of, mm-hmm. of the idea of scheduling and calendars and all this. Whenever you call something an invention, mm-hmm. you know, like it's, it's a brand new birth of, of a thing. Right. You know, that's sort of a, I don't know, that word choice is always always strikes me.
0: Yeah.
1: So anyway, so I mean, it always gives me pause um, mm-hmm. when someone says invented. Um, but anyway, so, um, the author of the Clockwork Moves brings this up. Um, but basically, you know, like the title of the book suggests, um, he's talking about making things routine, making things a practice. Um, so that had us as a class thinking about, um, what it means to have a practice. So I thought too, of a book I've probably mentioned, Natalie Goldberg's Writing Down the Bones, Mm -hmm. um, which is a, a nice accessible, um, very personal personable text um in which goldberg relates her zen buddhist practice to the idea of a writing practice so not in the in the sense of uh with the sports ball you you do drills to to make all these skills um, a routine and a muscle memory and all this Mm -hmm. Um, but more so in the idea of a routine something that is um, habitual and, and normal and important to your life. You know, you don't, you never have to schedule brushing your teeth. I hope. No. Right. You don't have that on your calendar, do you, Max?
0: No, I do not.
1: Yeah. Um, it just happens because it's important (laughs) and you've communicated to your brain that it's important and it just happens. Um, you know, same sort of thing. So what would it look like if you could get an important practice like writing or making the numbers um, or making the letters as I do? Um, Can you maybe not quite to the point of brushing your teeth where, you know, something on your body is going to do something funky if you don't do it one day. Mm -hmm. Um, But can you get it close to that level? Yeah. And what would that take?
0: Yeah. Um, Well, I think it would take... Practice, repetition, mm-hmm. diligence, persistence. Extra toothbrush. Extra toothbrush. Fortitude. Inspiration. Mm-hmm. I think now I'm just saying words from posters. Could be. Yeah. No, no, I like it. Um, I, I think that's, uh, you know, in a way that ties back to, to the word I used earlier of infrastructure. That's like, you know, what is your internal infrastructure for this? Mm-hmm. You know, have you... Have you do you have external things set up in a way that's going to help you do this until it becomes automatic or easy enough for you to keep doing? You know, mm-hmm. to where you get that internal infrastructure built up. Yeah. You know, where it is a muscle memory. Mm-hmm. Typing in your sleep.
1: Like, what's the?
0: Which I think is my favorite semi-sonic song. Come to that.
1: Yeah, yeah. What's the what's the thing where you put something like under your pillow and then it just seeps into your brain?
0: I think you're thinking of the Tooth Fairy.
1: <laughs> the teeth just show up sticking out of your head <laughs> ow I think you did it wrong little now thing. I think
0: you're thinking of Cthulhu <laughs> uh,
1: mm-hmm. um, mm, uh, no what's the word osmosis there you go osmosis amoebas <laughs>
0: <laughs> <Da-da-da-da-da>. <laughs> thing hmm <laughs> hmm <laughs> Oh, man. Uh. This has been Priority. Once again, for complete show notes, to check out our archives, or to communicate with us via email, visit us online at priority.fm. If you would like to communicate with us via tweets or get updates on our future projects, you can follow us on Twitter, where we are at Priority FM. That's at P-R-I-O-R-I-T-Y-F-M. Katie and I have had a ton of fun producing this show for you over the last 18 months, and we hope you enjoyed it, too. So, one more time, we'd like to say thanks again for listening. stuff yeah <sighs> should we talk about the show ending or should we just like just let it in
1: i don't know i was i almost asked early like do we do we rip the band-aid do we do we dive in or dive uh, out or
0: i think we're diving out and i'm not really sure how to do that i think oh. that would take a lot of leg strength
1: sort of a trippy trippy image I yeah like that. yeah and wow. maybe
0: maybe we just dive in and then we play the footage back in reverse
1: yeah no, i like that i Very think it arty. would get
0: us it would probably get us something on america's funniest home videos
1: i <laughs> I'm pretty sure that's still a thing, and isn't that amazing?
0: Ugh, amazing is not the word I would use. Uh, um, I would think at this point it would mostly be like be like gifts of people getting hit in the crotch.
1: You know, kidding. well. There's that. Oh, I've already forgotten what it is. There's a show where these two jerks and a woman just like sit on couches and watch awful videos. There's like a new version of it. For, you know, for the the generation or the. <laughs> the america's funniest home videos that this generation deserves.
0: <laughs> oh man. I can't think of the name. I'll find it. Actually, sure. actually this generation probably deserves the one that I had when I was a kid. Um, I think that's awful enough for everybody. Isn't it? <sighs> yeah.
1: Who so wants to watch a baby fall off a ladder.
0: What is wrong with people? <laughs> I Don't remember that.
1: Seriously, like every episode, like every other video is just someone getting horribly injured.
0: Oh, yeah. The horribly injured part's true. I just don't remember a baby falling off a ladder. Uh, how the baby got in the ladder, I'll never know.
1: <laughs> that's all she wrote. <laughs> 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 oh, that's so bad. Yes. Yeah. So, yeah, I think we alluded to it. I think I think it would be good to... Um, go ahead and, and, and <laughs> not, put it not, in the... Not to
0: just disappear.
1: Right. Well, and and I mean, we can always write it, but this is an audible format, so mm. auditory format. So I, th- I think we... Uh, the listener, capital T, capital L, um, odd to hear it. Yeah, so we've alluded a little bit about uh, sort of my personal context and, and things I'm thinking about. Um, but for whatever time of period sort of necessary for my life, at least um, we'll be stepping away from priority as it is in its current form. Um, So we've, we've been at it for about a year and a half, which, Mm -hmm. you know, thinking about looking back on on what you've done versus maybe what you haven't done or what you can't keep doing. You know, I I can't beat myself up for it, but in a year and a half we've, we've created um, a crap ton of episodes.
0: I would. Yeah, think. emphasis on crap.
1: <gasps> no, that's what I'm saying. That's, there's so. I mean, well, okay, fine. We'll go quantity then, not quality. If you're not feeling it, <laughs> if you're not feeling self-important about. Is, is
0: your this work a so metric far. crap ton or an English crap ton?
1: Uh, both. The conversion's actually really close.
0: Yeah, yeah. I should say imperial. I guess the the English do use the metric sure. crap ton. Sure. Sure.
1: Oh, but it, they spell American. with an e though. Yeah, we speak American, Max. That's right. Um. So yeah so so with a, a year and a half I was we were I was joking before um, when we were talking before the recording um, about how this would be maybe seasons or or yeah seasons one to one point5 right because we <laughs> we didn't cut it a year but then I guess some shows and things don't cut it a full year right mm-hmm. like aren't there some television shows that cut up the year yeah. Might be making this up. So I think we could think of this as, as some sort of season arc. You know, it, it's had its, its ebbs and flows. And, and this final um, little series we've had going, I think, sort of banks nicely with this episode. Um, but yeah, I you know, we, we mentioned um, all the stuff on our work plates um, and trying to figure out what fits where um and for me right now you know unfortunately because it it's it's hard to say goodbye for now to a project um but yeah I'm gonna be trying to tackle some of these projects that are on my work plate so to speak
0: hmm. work plate might be my least favorite meme from this episode
1: <laughs> mm. you said it
0: yeah I uh I'm, I'm more proud of getting things thing done but uh, yeah yeah, yeah. So, um, how we how we can wrap up? How we can like finish one thing is we we stop doing it. Yeah, at least literally. for now. <laughs> <laughs> Bye. <laughs> yeah, um, yeah, yeah. So we are we're done for the moment. Um, and and to be clear, like I I think um, I think I speak for both of us when I say like the door is still open to do more of this, but we're not we're not promising to do more of this. Um, I kind of expect that we will at some point, but you know, this is not like we're taking a six month break and then we're back. Um, you know, we're, we're kind of stepping away for a while, um, and see how it goes. And then, you know, we will probably be back at some point, but you know, yeah. we, we're, we're finished for now. This, this work is complete for now. Mm-hmm. Um, <laughs> mm-hmm. you know, when this one goes out, that'll be it for, for a good long while. Um, you know, or maybe not, maybe we'll both get, you know, horribly desperate to do more and three months from now we'll be back. But again, don't expect that. Um, uh, as Katie and I were talking about this just kind of for the listeners' background on on my side like I I really this is a big part of my well my bye week now because <laughs> we don't do it every week. Um, you know this is this is a big deal to me and I've really enjoyed doing it and I'm still contemplating doing it you know while while priority is on hiatus um, doing something else with with either this property or something else entirely. Um, I kind of think I'm I might just take a break as well though. Um, of at least a few months and possibly however long it takes until I convince Katie to come back in two years. Um, <laughs> but because uh, I do also have a lot going on. I mean, my professional life is very busy. I have a new baby, as we never seem to stop talking about. Um, I have got uh, I am <laughs> taking classes still. So, yeah, it's, uh, you know, I will find things to do. <laughs> um, Definitely find things to do to keep busy. Um, I will say, too, uh, the site is going to stay up. The feed will stay up. You'll be able to listen to old episodes um, whenever you like. I'm going to treat it like an evergreen project because I think a lot of these will still be worth listening to, you know, six months, six years, 60 years from now. Um, Some of the technology stuff probably won't make any sense, but (laughs) I I think a lot of it will still be valuable. So it's still all going to be there, um, you know, whether we come back to it or not. But, uh, But, yeah, I'm... Uh, And if any, uh, one thing I'll say, too, if anybody we know or don't know who who is hearing this has any interest in doing something podcasty with me, um, shoot me a line. Um, Shoot me a line. Drop me. Drop me a note. (laughs) Do something to contact me. (laughs) uh follow me on twitter or or go to our website um priority.fm and and reach out um i again i don't promise i'm gonna do anything about any of that um because right now i'm i'm looking forward to taking a break as well but it is not as necessary for me right now as it is for katie um because as daunting as my my fall class load looks i mean i took even more credit hours last fall and i was fine um so you know <laughs> I, I, I'm not saying no for sure for me, just, you know, probably not. Probably mm-hmm. done for now. So. Right. Ah, this has been fun. Yeah.
1: I think we did a thing.
0: Yeah. I, well, I know we did a thing. <laughs> just, was it any good? Mm. i I'll ask Beth.
1: Yeah. <laughs> no, sorry something happened in my head not out loud <laughs> <laughs> that's no good for the listener or you
0: <laughs> yeah that that wouldn't even be good on TV
1: no no I got nothing see I'm out of juice anyway time to to pull the old girl out to pasture which I've never said and I'm never gonna say again <laughs>
0: um yeah I guess the only other thing I have to say is uh is um thank you to Katie and thank you to our fine sponsors Carl Beth um David Mm. Allen's Getting Things Done. (laughs) The Secret by Rhonda Byrne.
1: If anything, I feel like there should be a statement saying that we are not affiliated with any of those people.
0: (laughs) (laughs) I think you just made one.
1: Any. Ooh. Done. Walk away. Walk away. (laughs) Yeah. Mm.
0: Do you have anything else to say?
1: Mm -hmm. No. Likewise. Thank you to Max. Thank you to the listeners. Thus, listener.
0: (laughs) The pod's cast listener.
1: Uh Uh-huh. All the passers-by in in Venezuela.
0: Mm Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Yeah. I don't know if we ever explained Venezuela.
1: I can't remember if it ever made it.
0: Uh, Big in Venezuela. Thank you, Venezuela. Vivo Hugo Chavez.
1: (laughs) Cut. (laughs) Nope. I think think as we've established... um, Life itself is a draft. This is, this is a page that may or may not be uh, added to in the future. Yeah.
0: hmm Yeah. Yeah. Good times.
1: Mm-hmm. <laughs> okay. No, I think no. maybe there's an ending in there somewhere. I hope so. Godspeed.
0: All right. Let's stop recording.